This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Dustin Gold, right here on pain.tv slash gold, and you're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard, as we expose the technocrats and transhumanists in their quest for immortality, and their desire to lock us all in their prison planet metaverse matrix, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so let's jump right back into this uh, video. It's starting to get very interesting. We're talking about pseudonyms and how you're going to be identified as a real human, how you're going to be tagged inside there. And so this panel is starting to discuss sort of the governance of the entire metaverse, this new world they want to drive us into. Let's go. But you don't think that it creates any disconnect, meaning if all of us, and I don't know if you think, I'll, I'll ask you the same question I asked Peggy before. Do you think that we could have a Davos, a World Economic Forum, that is completely in the metaverse, and that if everybody's just sitting on their couch all day long, all the time, how that changes just the personal dynamics that people ultimately have? There's going to be trade-offs. I mean, I can imagine a, a lot more people being here that uh, didn't need to you know, burn a bunch of carbon flying planes and then expose ourselves without masks. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Do you see that selling point there? Oh, there'll be more people at the World Economic Forum if you can sit on your couch and join inside the metaverse because you don't have to burn more carbon or wear more masks. I mean, give me a break, folks. See, they just throw it out there. And remember when I showed you, let me pull that back up for one second. One second. I've got it right here for you. Okay, I'm going to pull back up the Hill article with John Kerry, right? 
what we were looking at earlier today. And what did they say in here about, hold on, let me search for it. Okay, let's see, climate. What is going on here? I'm trying to search this article, folks, and it's not pulling up. All right, climate. Okay, right here, right here. It says the two justifications for the proposal, we're talking about the Great Reset here, which has been aptly named by its supporters, oh, the Great Reset, are the COVID-19 pandemic, the short-term justification, and the so-called climate crisis caused by global warming, the long-term justification. And what did this gentleman from Facebook just do here back in May 2022? He pitched the idea of attending the World Economic Forum Davos event inside the metaverse because then you wouldn't have to burn carbon the climate crisis caused by global warming or all the masks that would have to be worn and what's that folks that is the covid pandemic so right there he threw out the two justifications for the great reset for the fourth industrial revolution covid and climate change so you just saw what that article talked about in action in real life with this guy from facebook kind of prefer that experience in some ways um but on the other hand you're gonna there's gonna be personal interactions that are missed and so i, I agree with peggy you're gonna want um some version of events where you didn't really need to go travel there but you could have the interaction it should bring on people who weren't able to travel right. um but on the flip side we don't want this replacing our real life experiences um, we have a now, yeah, on the flip side, they don't want it replacing their real-life experiences. Yet, if you actually delve deeper into where these guys are going with this, is eventually for... Now, remember, let me just clarify. They're sitting in front of an audience of powerful elites, okay, investment bankers, uh, technocrats, scientists, engineers, world leaders, heads of state professors, uh, deans of colleges and universities. So they have the creme de la creme there, okay? The world's elites, the social engineers. And so when he's talking, he's actually talking to them, not to us, not to me, not to you, not the plebeians. They put this stuff up on YouTube. This stuff is barely watched, folks. This video, I think, was watched only 25,000 times. That's nothing. That is nothing. So regular people aren't even watching this stuff, even though it's readily available to them. And so he thinks more people will sign on. He's talking about the people that at least perceive themselves to be the upper crust, the ones that are there who are solving the world's problems and driving us into the metaverse. So he has to sell it to them as, yeah, we don't want to replace uh, everything in, in real life. I don't want to take away your ability to walk on the beach for a romantic sunset with your wife. No, not you guys. You know, they're talking about driving us into the metaverse. Let's continue. About five to 10 minutes left. And I do want to open up for questions because I know there are people who probably have them. I see a hand up. I think there's some mics uh, around the room and I, I will we'll try to uh, get to as many as we can in the limited time we have. Go ahead. Hello, and thank you very much. Uh, my name is uh, Sharif, and uh, I uh, want to ask a question with regards to another session that I have attended earlier, focusing on upskilling. 
Um, I think that uh, the metaverse will definitely play an empirical role in uh, addressing this challenge because it was mentioned earlier that uh, historically one needed to upskill once every decade. However, more recently, it should be done once every three years. How do you think that the metaverse can help address this point? Peggy, this is yeah, what you're doing. This is exactly what we're doing. It's um, like a plant. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> right now, we, we're finding... I don't know if the guy was a plant. In the metaverse, he could identify as a plant or a hammer or a screw or something like that and beam his consciousness down into any object or shape he wants to be. Oh, they meant planted in the audience. Okay, I apologize. In that uh, training inside the metaverse is much easier to understand if you can be actually in situ. So for instance, a factory worker, um, rather than bringing everybody, all the new factory workers together and putting them in a room and training them for three weeks and then sending them out onto the factory floor, you can actually almost from day one, put someone in with a, a headset on, bring them up to a machine. You can, in their field of view, they can walk through how to maintain the machine, how to diagnose the problems, maybe call an expert in, either a live expert or someone who's retired who had tribal knowledge of that machine that may have been lost, but now lives on in the metaverse for that factory worker. We're finding um, the companies that we've worked with are, are seeing about an 80% reduction in the amount of time it takes to pro productivity from a factory worker. So I think it's a super awesome way to upskill people. Right. So see that there's just another example of eliminating humans and human interaction. So you would start off being trained with a group of people in a classroom to learn how to work inside of a factory. Now they just strap an augmented reality headset on your head. You walk out to the machine and the dead guy who used to work on the machine, the guy, you know him, the guy that they had there until they fired him because they replaced him with a mind twin of himself who is now going to train you via the augmented reality instead of you actually working with real humans but the question you have to ask yourself constantly because this falls into line exactly with Yuval Noah Harari talking about this constant hamster wheel that we are all going to be on where literally every day we're going to have to retrain ourselves for a new career because each time we catch up to the technology and we find a new place for us to be in our career, then that job will be replaced. So think about it. She's saying you might have had a teacher who's teaching people how to use a machine in the shop. And so that teacher is now going to be replaced with a mind twin of itself that is then going to teach the new people that are going to work in this manufacturing plant or on an airplane engine or something through this augmented reality, virtual reality headset, and that teacher is now no longer needed to run the course. Well, then eventually the person who is being trained is going to be replaced too as a robot or some other type of artificial intelligence. Maybe now you're the mechanic on that airplane engine or you're an engineer who fixes a machine in a shop that I don't know snaps parts onto a circuit board or something well what happens when they mind twin your knowledge running that machine from the tribal perspective as she says and then 
your knowledge is just used as artificial intelligence that runs a robot that now fixes the machine that snaps the parts onto the circuit board. You see what I'm saying? So each level that we go, each next step that we take leads to more elimination of humans working inside the workforce that she claims she's helping streamline and develop uh, more streamlined processes for training new employees. You see it in the grocery stores. Prime example, every one of you could walk in there. Every one of you can go into the grocery store and see cashiers being eliminated. And then slowly they move the cashiers to part-time and they oversee the self-checkout areas. And then slowly they're disappearing as they're replacing them with, you know, video surveillance or whatever. And then slowly all that goes away because you come into the store and you do frictionless shopping where you just scan it into your card or eventually you just put it into the cart you walk out of the store and it's paid for and then you're going to slowly start to see the guys who do the stocking disappear because they're going to be replaced with robots as they're putting 3d cameras inside the stores that scan the shelves at all times and so right now there's actually some stores i haven't covered this on the show that don't have the managers walking around writing down what they need doing inventory anymore they collect all that data via the 3d scanning and then what goes through the checkout and so then a robot will just be able to come out in the back room and throw extra cans on the shelf so they're slowly eliminating all of these jobs from the workforce oh you see this going on strategically folks all right let's continue in the metaverse I think we got a question on this side. We're going to try to go very quick. So we're going to keep each question to 30 seconds so we can get around the room as quickly as we can. Yes, Bastia Shiro. I'm a member of parliament from Switzerland. Very okay, that's a member of parliament from Switzerland. As I told you, they've got all these elites inside this room, and this is who they're talking to. They can't tell these people that they're going to take away their hikes up into the mountains and put them inside the metaverse so for these elites they're allowed to continue to have real life experiences until they're not allowed to have real life experiences let's continue quick question also important for democracy what we see in social platforms is that extreme people tend to stick together and and stay together all the time now if metaverse is super attractive people spend the whole time in metaverse isn't there the risk that they don't meet real other opinions and this extreme divide no, or, or extreme groups and the divide of the society is reinforced or, or what can we do to avoid the this, issue? No? Of no, no, no. My answer to this gentleman is, wait a second, pal. If we've got a bunch of people hooked up with an augmented reality headset and a Neuralink brain chip in their head and you consider them to be, I don't know, this guy said extreme, so let me just guess where he's coming from. You have a bunch of white nationalists meeting inside the metaverse in their uh, tavern, and they're drinking beer and talking about how they hate everyone else that's not white, right? Because that's what he's dreaming about. That's what his fear is. Uh, how are we going to stop that? Because they're not meeting differing opinions. Well, my answer to him would be, listen, dude, they're inside the metaverse. We have them in a pod in real life with a brain chip in their head who the hell cares what they're doing inside of our second life immersive video game but let's see what they say polarization who wants to take it i'll take, take it first i think there's two ways that we there's two ways that we avoid that the first way is that our virtual spaces like the real world need to have in-between spaces where we can meet in between groups 
We cannot, it is very difficult to become extremist when you are in a room containing a number of people who have different viewpoints. Um, and so virtual worlds can bring people, lots of people together in one shared space. And by doing that, they can reduce the risk of uh, extremist behavior. The second one, which we can argue on is, I think that... Um, Right, so, this, so now these guys, these technocrats, these transhumanists building the prison planet have already thought about this. They're already wargaming how they are going to make sure that people don't have extremist viewpoints. And that means they're also going to be the ones to define what is an extremist viewpoint, as we already see in these modern metaverses, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, where they can just ban people, take away their assets ad revenue, shut down their accounts, strike them, stop them from streaming, take away their PayPal, take away their Stripe, take away their Squarespace, their ability to be given money by those people that support them and want to see them create more content or help them out with uh, expenses while they're building their show or whatever. So now they're going to define this in the metaverse. The only most dangerous part about this is as they move it forward and it's attached to your real name and you can't operate you can't make money without having this digital id and entering the metaverse they are going to be the deciders of whether what you're talking about or discussing is extremist or not as they are defining exactly what is extremist and then they are going to police it and they are going to punish you if they deem you to be an extremist they will send Mr. Smith, Agent Smith, after you. Is that not correct, Mr. Anderson? Oh, yes, that is exactly what they're going to do. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. I'll be right back right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to Pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, the social engineering planners are always planning, always plotting, always working around the clock folks working around the clock building our wonderful prison planet ladies and gentlemen let's continue with this may 2022 world economic forum panel discussion on the metaverse let's try to get through this right now folks some of the business models like advertisement unfortunately have at least cracks that are slipped through where we are amplifying these behaviors through suggesting essentially worse and worse forms of, or pu pushing people farther and farther into polarization. So no ads and letting people share a single space rather than just be in a small room. Okay, so he wants no ads and then forcing people into these spaces where you're going to have um, sort of uh, a diversity of opinions. So they're going to now socially engineer, psychologically engineer you. He's already got it all figured out. Great. Thank you for that. We have a question up front here. And then I'll come around to here and, and back there. Okay. Metaverse has three important dimensions. One is a massively multiplayer co-creation. One is monetization with NFTs and uh, manas and so on and so on. And one is uh, 
the old notion of immersive experience and interactions. We commented the two letters. What about the first one? What about unleashing collective creativity? How will it take that to the next level? Unleashing creative uh, collectivity, I think she said. Compared to social media. I think when the, when the common platform is established, um, then it will naturally become a massive uh, millions of people online platform that they actually use. The challenge today is, so we're trying to solve two dilemmas. You have the hardware uh, issue. So how do you actually create the hardware for the metaverse? And you have people trying to create the actual platform. So Facebook migrating from a social platform to a metaverse engine, all right? And uh, what we're try trying to currently do is, I think, first get the platform right and then see how the hardware is going to complement it because that's how it's going to work, in my opinion. I don't know what you think. Yeah, just I would say that if you think about UGC video as being as one of the most important trends animating what you see on the, on the internet today, UGC content was sort of what animated the first version. Part of what you see in, in Roblox, uh, just as an example, or part of what you see in um, early versions of these world building experiences, creating a world um, is actually just a really phenomenal kind of UGC that is just beginning to happen right now. Um, even the early versions of Second Life you were mentioning before were about world building. building. I think about my seven-year-old kid like playing with Legos and then inviting his friends to come see the world. It's like a very creative thing uh, to build a universe and then to invite people into it. So part of what I'm tracking is what are the worlds that are getting built by creators? Uh, we had a gentleman named Gabe Galt who came yeah, I wonder if this guy just uh, lets his kid play with Legos or he actually lets him go into Roblox or Minecraft or the rest of these places. That'd be a really interesting question for this gentleman. Came to visit Meta to build a, a replica of 1960s Memphis um, in order to sort of celebrate for Black History Month uh, the Tuskegee Airmen, Martin Luther King. So you would visit Memphis in the 1960s. It was sort of a, a memoriam to Black history. Just an incredible thing that could have been a film five years ago or could have been a text post 10 years ago, but to your point, because you could visit and be embodied in that place, it took on a new meaning. So when we talk about creativity, I think we're talking about hundreds of millions of people or billions of people being able to create these environments and then invite others into them. And I think that touches on a lot of these themes. We're going to Right. So, you know, think of it. Now they're talking about these different worlds, these different environments. It's the same thing as you creating a Facebook um, group or a pain.tv slash gold group or a Twitter direct message room with other people. And so that's what they're talking about here. But instead, it'll be these 3D immersive worlds that you go into with your virtual reality goggles. That's what they're talking about. It's just like the Matrix uh, bouncing around into different program so right now i guess living here in this space in this world isn't enough they have to recreate memphis in the 1960s so people could live inside there you see they're going to develop all these different all these different choose your own adventure worlds that you go into inside of the digital world but you will have no real world experiences anymore taking a couple more we've got this one and i'm going to go here then i'm going to go over here and if i can i'm going to go there but i may run out of time go ahead so this is with al khizemi i work in emerging technology r and d's in uae my question is how do you see the metaverse revolutionizing the way we build emerging technology today because number one we're basing this new model this one's got on a hijab and a mask. She looks kind of like a beekeeper, and I know it's a little hard to understand her, but let's uh, let's continue here. 
legacy system. And we need to be very careful because, for example, the right not to be analyzed. We don't have algorithms at the moment to prevent analysis if I choose as a user not to be analyzed. The right to be forgotten, we don't have actually algorithms that are built to forget you if you have a digital trace online. Plus, the fact that this technology is built on specific type of security parameters, cryptographic parameters, that if the next evolution, as we have seen today, there was a declaration from the IBM CEO saying within 2025, we will have quantum power. And if we have quantum power, it deems 70% of our security obsolete. So what would happen to the metaverse in this sense? So how can we change the development change of technology here? The way we develop technology for the metaverse, how can we change it? How would it impact the emerging technology norms that we are building, number one. And number two, how can you build a ripple effect? 40% of the world is disconnected. How can you build a technology where it creates a ripple effect automatically connecting the rest of the 40% of the world? Sure. Because right. you're focusing on connecting the actually 60% who are right. connected. Thanks. Well, okay, okay. That, that was a very good question, actually, and I hope you understood all of that. But she was talking about how quantum power is coming in 2025 and then that basically renders useless all of the securities on the pre-internet and then how are they going to build this world that everyone has to go into if 40 percent of the world doesn't have access to internet and such and so that was a really good question actually but do you see the problems with this continuing development of endless technology this progress they keep building and building and building and it creates more problems more reactions and then more solutions problem reaction solution problem reaction solution over and over and over rinse recycle repeat you see what i'm saying and that's what is happening here we are engineering ourselves out of existence into a technological anti-human technocracy let's get let's get a view from chris real quick and a view from our uh our, our government official on the same issue. So first is I think to the question of how do we build something that's inclusive, I think part of what's so good about the, the way the metaverse is happening is we're in the very early stages and we're having the conversation at Davos. We're having the conversation in, um, among industry. The internet sort in some ways just, just happened and we found ourselves in, in many cases scrambling to understand how to apply some of the safety standards we wanted. We hadn't figured out encryption when the internet was born. Oh, well, why don't you talk about how the United States government invented the internet? No, no, they'll never mention that. Um, we hadn't figured out um, uh, examples like the right to be forgotten. I think the good news for now is we're going in with, with at least the internet as a set of examples that we can use for better and for worse on some of the, how we solve some of the problems. To the question on connectivity, a lot of us you know, collectively are working on connectivity. Um, there's going to need to be infrastructure that's not built yet, one. I think a number of the folks here and a number of the panels have focused on that infrastructure. But I think number two, we need to make sure that it doesn't require expensive hardware. There needs to be consumer experiences on phones. We're quickly getting to a world where most people are going to have a phone, um, where they can have access to the experiences so that we're not, we're not building a universe for expensive sort of wealthy sort of early adopters. Of course they're not building a universe for expensive wealthy early adopters it's not that they're building this universe for you and me 
they're building this universe to plug the African gentleman with a loincloth and a spear living in a hut in Africa. That's who they're building this universe for. These people are not going to spend their time inside of this giant matrix prison planet video game they call the metaverse. These people are going to be out here in the real world, either in a bunker underground or up uh, commanding us from Mars or one of their space stations while they bark down orders to us while we're living inside the metaverse until they do whatever they're going to do with us, get rid of us, turn us into batteries. Of course, these people are not going to be in the metaverse. You think these people make their millions and billions of dollars by sitting inside of the metaverse? You think Peter Thiel and Elon Musk and these people are going to live inside of the metaverse? Of course, it's going to be done on cheap devices. They're going to strap a $200 VR headset on your head and jam a Neuralink plug into your brain. They're already talking about this because it is made for you and me. It is not designed for them. The kings and queens will not live inside of the peasant village. No, we will be. They will remain in their castles, sipping wine and eating real steak while they force us to eat 3D printed cricket turds. You know, I just want to add um, a few points here. Web 1.0, the level of knowledge and sophistication that we had about building this universe was very limited. It was like a yellow pages online on a screen and there weren't any rules or very limited rules. And as we evolved, we actually found out that there are so many requirements that we have within Web 2.0 and today within this socially connected world that we need to uh, enforce and actually put forward, like the right to be forgotten, the right of access and so on and so forth. I think going into the metaverse, we are a lot more sophisticated about what the digital world needs, especially since we have precedents, right? Like Second Life, there are so many examples here that can help us actually understand what are the first founding blocks of the metaverse. That's the first thing. On emerging technologies, I really think that expression is... No, you see the point of Second Life, Minecraft, uh, a lot of these other ones I have mentioned, is this gentleman from the government, from United Arab Emirates, just said, we have precedent now from the studies that came out of Second Life and other places to be able to develop the governmental structures of the metaverse. See, I told you, all those games that your kid is playing, like Minecraft and Roblox, are just test pilots. They're collecting analytics. They've been studying your children, studying habits, studying interactions, so that they could lay the foundation, as he just admitted to, for the governing, uh, governmental structure of the metaverse, which has been the dream for quite some time going to be better in terms of expression of imagination, IP, and so on and so forth. So you'll be able to build things on the metaverse, even if you did not have a lab in the real world or the chemicals or the resources necessary to build them. And second, we can simulate a lot better. So I think that we will be able to really build fast on the metaverse and then deploy in the real world if it works. Um, we have to leave the conversation there. We have gone over time. I want to tell you this was... Okay, so let me just tell you, I was about to go over time too. Ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to walk away from this conversation with, hopefully, is a clear understanding of the Internet of Things, the Internet of Bodies, the Internet of Senses, the Internet of All Things, smart cities, uh, fake meat, which we threw into this conversation, the 3D printing of meat and such, 
and now the metaverse. I think you have enough to have an understanding of this part of this technological prison planet, this technocracy, this transhumanist dream that these people have. I think you've got a good grasp on that. And as I said, over time, we will cycle back and I will get into cryptocurrencies, non-fungible tokens, and things of that nature, components within this metaverse system that is being built. But right now, I think you have enough ammo, enough things to absorb. Some of you I know take notes, you take screenshots if you're watching at pain.tv slash gold, and you're keeping sort of a journal of this, almost like it's a class. And let me tell you, I'm learning too as I'm going through this stuff, doing my research, brushing up on things I've researched, reading new material. And so as I find more things, I will plug them in to the show. But I think right now, you should have a fairly solid understanding understanding of what's going on it's so much sort of disjointed information out there that i understand it gets difficult when you're doing research on your own you get pulled in a hundred different directions and so i've sort of trained myself over the years to find the best sources the most accurate sources sources as close to the creators the architects the engineers the investors of the technologies coming out so that we can take their own words as we did right here in this World Economic Forum and use that to educate ourselves. And so we can only believe the people that are actually building it as to what is coming, where they're at, how far they've gotten along. Um, And that's what I try to do. So hopefully I've done a decent job of breaking this down for you. I hope you have an understanding of what the metaverse is. But most importantly, I hope you see through a discussion like this that the creators the engineers the social engineering wardens of the prison planet are meeting not just in secret but right out and open to discuss things like privacy and how they're going to prove you're a human and all of these other things that come into play so it is very real there's money behind it there's time behind it the governments are involved the quote-unquote private sector tech companies are involved they are all sitting there at the world economic forum this think tank this international group of people who believe that they are the gods and the purveyors of law and they're going to rule over you and you can see them in action so to just put your head in the sand to just pretend it's not happening to just sit back close your eyes and clear your mind to this and say ignorance is bliss i don't think that's the way to go i wish i could do it i wish things were that easy but again i have a child on the way and so it is my responsibility to try to understand what's coming in the future so that i can make the decisions necessary as to where i am going to to take my child on this journey through life. How much will I explain to them? How much will I allow them access to? Do I teach them that these are the tools of the future? Do I allow them to make choices for themselves of where they want to go in this? I don't know. That's the journey I'm on. Hopefully you're on a similar journey and that's how you ended up here. I appreciate you listening. Tomorrow we're going to get into this Joe Biden executive order. We're going to leave the metaverse behind for a little while. And then after the Joe Biden executive order, 
quarter. I'm going to try to circle back around and tie this into Operation Paperclip, do a little bit of history before we get back into the future. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. You're listening to pain.tv slash gold, and I'll see you back to the future. Ladies and gentlemen, have a wonderful evening, wonderful morning, whenever you're listening. I love you all. I appreciate it. Good day. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold.